You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. August and uh, it feels feels like a new month, Taylor. Um, feels like a new. Uh, I was gonna say a new life. <laughs> in a, in a lot of ways, it does. In a lot of ways, it is. In a lot of ways, it is. I I really think that we're gonna turn turn a table here and, and really start. That's that's not the right uh, phrase, but whatever. You know what I mean. Turn a new leaf. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's kind of what I was going for when I said new life. Yeah. But... Well, whatever we mean, we mean that things are, I, I think, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that things have, have taken a turn for the better. Because I even think the more people who get vaccinated, the more we kind of move things forward. Even if another wave hits, like a fourth wave, as they're talking about in the fall, I think it will be less damaging because we will be able to control everything. I think that's the idea of the vaccinations get, you know, get hospitals won't get overrun. Yeah. There's less manage it. Less of a a risk. Like the, not that the, not that our show is a science show or like a medical (laughs) show. No. (laughs) But um, from what I'm reading, um, if you, if you've gotten vaccinated and then you, you still, you know, you, you can still catch COVID, but it's mm-hmm. like significantly less of a yeah. risk of it becoming a serious infection. So um, some of our listeners probably don't like to hear it, but we are, we are a vac- pro-vaccine show. Absolutely. The, yes. I'm sure some, yeah, you're right. There's some listeners who won't like this portion of the show and they'll skip but but for whatever reason they'll still listen and and email in like I, yeah you know what i yeah. mean like when when you don't like something yet you still listen every week it kind of confuses me a little bit like what do you like you must get something out of this uh if, if you keep emailing us and, and you're clearly listening every week so anyway yeah i agree i think uh, vaccinations are good moving forward is good opening things up are, are good because we're we're back into the swing of things and this is like two weeks in a row back at the movie theaters, you know, it's, it's felt really good. It's felt a sense of, of something that I haven't felt in, in a while, just because we talked about half of our show, like in the, in the length of time, the show's been, been around half of it's been during COVID. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's been such a long time since we've been back to the movie theater, but we've got so used to not that the show kind of has, you know, half the half the episodes are kind of in movie theater as normal, and then half the episodes are COVID related and trying to like make up stuff and do things. And do no one stuff, can so. say that we can't pivot. You know yeah, what I mean? True. This is a that's great uh, resume building exercise it that is, we can yeah. point to the show that we can point to our show saying, you know, look how well we <laughs> handled yeah. the pandemic. Look how great we are, and how great we did we did so not, many unique things. We didn't skip a beat. To, yeah, and like we're we're so creative, we can take other people's ideas, steal them, and do them, and credit them as our own, and that's that's exactly what our every time a fan came up with an idea, we're like, yeah, all right, we'll do that. Great, awesome, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to think about it. So yeah, I, it's it's been kind of it's been kind of nice. I mean, uh, especially because seeing a Nicolas Cage movie, I was like, this is it. Like this is this is screening in Kingston, right? Like this things is like are seeing, back to normal. Yeah, obscure, obscure film that chances are you'll never get to see anywhere else, and we're going to talk about it. 
Before we dive into fan questions, because you said we had um, prior to us recording, you said we had a couple of fan questions, but I uh, talk about things not being normal. So like I go to the screening room on Saturday and it was, I think the princess promenade or there was something going on um, on princess street. Cause the, oh. the princess was shut down and you know, there was the, the vent, like the stores had um, tables out to sell things. Um, so I, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure it was princess promenade. I just don't know if it was like another event anyway. So I go, I go to the, the screening room. Um, and you know, they're showing the trailers for prior to watching pig. We get through the first trailer, we get through half of the trailer for the green, the green night and the fire alarm starts going off. (laughs) And you know, everyone, there wasn't a ton of people in my theater because it was like a Saturday, it was like a matinee, like a four o'clock Saturday movie, but like no one's getting up and I'm thinking, okay, like that's a fire alarm. Like. (laughs) (laughs) You <laughs> should be getting up. So, like, I get up, you know, and, like, I, you know, uh, everyone gets up out of our theater. And, and then we see the staff and the staff's like, yep, that's the fire alarm. Everyone needs to exit the building. <laughs> and then it's, like, mostly, like, um, older folks because they're the ones who like to do the four o'clock. It's Taylor and the older folks of Kingston who the like the folks, four yeah. o'clock uh, Saturday movies. And so, yeah. you know, they're all getting out and they're saying how is the fire truck going to get here? Like, cause you know, it's, well, it was the princess promenade. So princess streets closed. Yeah. And then like behind the theater is what Baggett street, which is like yeah. where the buses are. So, uh, they're like, Oh my gosh. Like the fire alarm's going off. How's the fire truck going to get here? Yada, yada, yada. So, um, and then, you know, the poor staff, there's only like two staff working the four o'clock shift. And I can see them running around, like frantically trying to make phone calls or whatever. The fire truck did make it, you know, it did park on Princess Street right in front of the theater. Turned out it was a false alarm. Oh, good. Um, yep. <laughs> the screen room is still there intact. Um, but oh my gosh, what a, and I, I said to someone, you know, we've been cooped up for a year and a half. You know, the universe is making up for the excitement, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're getting all of the, uh, all these events have, have to happen all at once to make up for the fact that we've been in our houses. And then the person I said that to you said, oh, well, too much excitement for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I guess you're right. And they were just done, yeah. Yeah, they were like, mm. so, um, so we settled back down, you know, <laughs> we finished the trailer for the green night and then it it freaking goes off again. So like it like fl- the light flashes and there's like one like Rrr. yeah. So um someone at the front of the theater they had a a walker and I see them like ch- keep trying to like get up out of their seat. Like every time it like bings once, like I can see them like oh maybe we have to get up. And I said okay, you guys sit down. I'll go ask if it actually is the fire alarm again or if they're just fiddling because you know these poor. Yeah. older people with their mobility issues anyways they were just trying to figure out uh but even the um they were able to shut off the fire alarm upstairs like where the theater is but mm. it kept going off in the lobby oh. and um apparently the landlord didn't even have the code to turn it off oh weird so uh yeah a lot of excitement for me that is a lot of excitement yeah that's that's uh 
it's a lot of excitement just to get through the trailers because you're saying this was all during yeah this wasn't even like and like uh, obviously other i think they kind of stagnate their the like when movies start but like uh, another movie had gotten out and the people had said you know oh we were just about to start the movie and then the fire alarm went off so i think everyone was in the same boat they were either watching the trailers or like opening right right about Um, to begin yeah yeah but everyone's from what i saw everyone stuck it out you know what i mean like and i don't think we were waiting too long like not more than half an hour. Yeah, it doesn't usually when it, even if for a false alarm, like it doesn't usually take a they just have to, long for them to get there and figure it out. I think the fire in a building like that, like in a in an established like a built like a a business, yeah. and I correct me if I'm wrong. You might not know this, but I feel like when those centralized um, fire alarms go off, the fire department has to come. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure they, no matter what, they, they, have, to they come, have to come check that it's a false alarm. And then. Yeah. Just like, for safety reasons. Yeah. How crummy for the, the Cause that's the way it is for schools, right? Even, even yeah, in, the fire, uh, fire drills pulled. and uh, yeah. And if the fire alarm gets pulled, they show up like they, they have to. So I think it's just, they, they, the law, they have to show up if something like that happens. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. So there you go. That was my uh, my big to do this weekend. This long weekend, that was my the beginning and end to my excitement. This long weekend. Now, be- before we move on, like, is the Green Knight a movie that that you would be interested in? Because I think it looks great. Oh yeah. So I I like fantasy. Like I like um, Lord of the Rings and stuff. So like, it's not like an a movie that like it would be like already it's like a movie yeah like it's on my radar it sounds cool mm-hmm. um but that was the first time i saw the trailer it looks fantastic yeah like it, yeah, it really looks does really good and i think i think yeah. it what's interesting about it is they were saying cuz they were there was like a little cover story thing i was watching on it and they were saying that the green knight has like something like 90% practical effects oh like, so we're going to love it yeah, like it's it's closer to like the first Lord of the Rings movie where they built and created a bunch of stuff and then did CGI around it to kind of fill in gaps and do little things. But like the, you know, all the like armor and stuff and, and locations and they built sets and they, they do practical effects and different like things when, when possible. So yeah, it, it sounds like they, it's really going to feel like a, hands-on real thing it's not going to be cgi like crazy which some fancy movies can can become so um that's that kind of already i was kind of like you where i was like this is this looks good like i'm on my interest you're kind of like oh it's cool and then you see the trailer and you're like oh that's really cool and now that i know it's practical effects i'm like it's like okay i gotta go see this yeah Yeah, i'm really interested it came out this weekend i think at the multiplexes i think Um, it just opened yeah yeah and um but because the screening room showed a trailer i assume it's coming soon it's yeah. coming it's coming yeah. to the screening room as well and it'll okay. be nice to i don't know like i'm kind of torn though don't get me wrong screening room is great obviously love it but it does kind of seem like a multiplex movie like you kind of yeah. want to see it in yeah. a big and and i mean the thing about this show you know we could always see it review it and then talk about it again later when the screening room gets it like we're kind That's of kind true. of do today right you know you've got you, taylor you came up with a nice idea of some of the movies we've already seen that the screening room has we're going to re-review them quickly 
today to just remind people, hey, that we this is what we thought of these movies. We could do the same thing with The Green Knight. If you really wanted to see it, go see it. And then when the screen room gets it, we'll kind of revisit it and do another kind of review and, and talk it up. It looks really good. I'm just unless you hate it, and then we will mention it. Again. I don't think. So. I mean, oh, <laughs> no, this is like good. this is the problem, though. Like when you see a trailer and you think, "Oh, that movie's gonna be so good," and then you hype it up, and it's like, wah, wah. but for this, I do, I truly believe it's gonna be a good movie, even if it's not yeah. like the most amazing movie we're ever gonna watch. It just looks cool. Like a yeah, cool it might, story. Yeah, it might be something where it's like the story's cool and the practical effects makes it really interesting. The movie execution wise was meh, but there's enough in it that makes it like worth going to see. Like there's a lot of cool things in it. So yeah, I, I agree. I think it could be it could be very, very good. They've they've done enough to pique my interest and, and make me wanna go go see it, especially if there's gonna be a lot of practical effects and it's gonna be not gonna be over CGI'd. So Yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah. Um let's get to some fan questions. Well, um and for the second week in a row, we have a theme that has been developed organically out of the fan questions. Um so we've got three people asking us kind of about the same thing um so before we get to that i just a quick question from josh that came in so josh was one of the people who who asked along this theme but then he has a second question that's addressed to me that says now that you've gotten back to the theaters are you still willing to watch a her smell marathon um and the answer is no that was my bargaining of if you just open the theaters and only had her smells an option, I would go watch it. Now that movie theaters are open and there's tons of options, I will never watch that movie again. See ya. <laughs> so there you go. There's my answer to that. But now let's get to the big fan questions. So Josh, Lily, and I apologize if I get your name wrong. It looks like Marine, but it's, it's spelled a little bit differently. So Marine, Lily, and Josh all are asking... If we saw the Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for a breach of contract, um, is your hatred, as Josh wants to know if your hatred is more towards ScarJo at Disney in this situation. Um, Lily gives a little bit of information and just says that it, it seems to be around the release of Black Widow um, and that Scarlett Johansson's contract was connected in terms of her salary to the theatrical release and the money that would be brought in from ticket sales and that it's a breach of the contract to have it be kind of released simultaneously on Disney plus because she wouldn't see due to streaming and it being kind of different any of that money and so we've got three people who want to know our thoughts on this Taylor did you hear about any of this yeah I saw the headlines I didn't read the articles someone told me and I might be making this figure up, but because um, it came up at a birthday party I was at this weekend um, or uh, when I was with friends that they had brought it up because they know I don't like Scarlett Johansson. Um, I think she's missing out on 50 million dollars. See, I didn't I didn't see a figure like that in the things I read. So I don't know if but that's, that if that's like, true. I know like whatever the amount was that the friend told me, I was like. Well, that's a lot of money. Um, my first instinct, because I hate Scarlett Johansson, I thought, oh, what a money grubber. Like, that's greedy of her. Like, she's already a millionaire. You know what I mean? Um, but if it was anyone else, you know, it's like, I, I have to take a step back, right? I take a deep yeah. breath. It's okay. <sighs> Taylor, like, if it was someone else, the reality is they violated a contract, right? Like, 
do I think Celeste, like, she's an A-lister, so, like, whoever's in league with her, I would say, like, no, you guys probably don't need the money that you're losing out on. That is greedy. But it's kind of the, um, it's, like, it's the principle of it, right? The fact that a contract was violated. Like, you or I, Mike, right? Like, say we sign a contract with someone here in Kingston and they they violated it. It's not so much the money we're losing out on. It's the fact that you know, they violated a legally binding contract. So um, that sucks for her. <laughs> and it was my understanding that her contract originally, um, the contract was, to, it was supposed to be a purely a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Disney, you know, violated that by literally like by releasing it on disney plus at the same time so like that to me like yes like that warrants being sued you know what i mean yeah (laughs) i I, because to me that that point you bring up is exactly like the difference like if it because that to me is what makes it a contract violation if it was not stated if it was just okay you will get a cut of ticket sales ticket sales um and that's it and it doesn't say it's going to be a a pure theatrical release, then I would say, sorry, like that's not a breach of contract because they can release it to other places if they want to, that's their choice. But because they, from what I read too, kind of confirms that, that it, they had explicitly stated it would be just a, a theatrical release and, and it would go exclusively there. That's what makes it kind of and, wrong. You shouldn't do that. In, uh, you know, because it's been released simultaneously, obviously Scarlett Johansson, is concerned she's missing out on ticket sales. Yeah. Now, now I don't think, I don't think, cause I had read that her, her salary in and around Black Widow was somewhere around the $20 million mark. So I don't know if, if I don't think she was actually missing out on, on like, you know, $50 million, but I'm sure it was significant because these mo- movies will always make a lot of money. Even the smaller mark, Marvel movies will still make a lot of money. So I'm sure there's a lot of money on the table. Like I'm, I'm sure about that. Now, Taylor, before we, we continue in this, I, I have one more fan question that kind of addresses this, but also goes to the point that you're saying, like, if it was someone else, how would you feel about it? Well, Emma Stone is getting involved a little bit. Of Cruella? Apparently, yes, this is, so we had a, we had a fan here, uh, um, uh, Kira, Kira writes in and says kind of the same thing about Scarlett Johansson. But then her next point is it, it looks like that Emma Stone may also have a case for, for suing Disney with regards to Cruella because she had a similar contract structure. Um, I, I also looked into this and apparently that is very true. Um, so she also had that kind of connection back to the theatrical tickets and had the exclusivity in the deal. So Emma Stone may also be in a, a very similar boat. Now she hasn't, I don't think officially sued them yet so it's more just a theory of you know it's another possibility um so it looks like it could be two people it could be you know so if it makes you feel any better taylor you could think about emma stone as opposed to scott johansson disney's kind of awful like i know people (laughs) i know there's listeners who ride or die for disney but like as a business it's like <laughs> I wouldn't want to work for Disney. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean so, they're all about money. Like it's yeah. it's a money industry, and and you get it. Like they, it's like, for them. It's a bottom line industry. I'm not surprised they're treating the talent this way. Um, just knowing how business, like how 
Disney does business. Um, but like whether or not I like Scarlett Johansson, whether like whether or not I like Emma Emma Stone, who I do I do like, I think part of me I think still part of me is like, oh, you're an actor, you're a millionaire. How much money do you actually need? But at the end of the day, bottom line, their contracts have been violated. So I think they're entitled to suing. That's how. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Taylor, I I have to just agree with the my my first instinct. And still, I would say like 70 percent of me is still saying you have you are it, it's millionaires suing yeah. billionaires. You have more and I just, money than I'll I, ever dream I can't of. Care. I can't care about millionaires suing billionaires i just can't yeah like boo-hoo. it doesn't who like yeah boohoo i okay i'm sorry i know people's like well money doesn't buy happiness i'm sorry but it doesn't hurt either like i don't think it hurts to have a lot of money and money can buy you a lot of things that can lead to happiness and i can like it, let's just say i had 10 things wrong in my life nine of them would be solved with money so i'm sorry i just can't care that much about this but I, I will agree with what you're saying. The other 30% of me is saying that a contract is a contract. And if you violate it, the person has a right to sue. And it's not right. It's not right for the billionaires to be so grubby that they that they have to cheat the system Like this nickel, way. nickel and diming. Like, nickel and ew. dime people. Yeah, I've never, I hate when, I've always hated that. In the work that I've done in the past, in, in contract work, people nickeling and diming each other and like worrying about this. If, if you don't have trust, you shouldn't be working together. Number one. Like if you don't trust each other, just don't work together. It should be the end, like the end of that. And, and second, you sign a contract, do what it says in the contract. Like you're, you should be legally bound to that. Go ahead. And I think, um, like as much as I agree with you, Mike, like millionaires nickel and diming each other, like oh my gosh, like who cares? But unless Scarlett Johansson and Emma Stone hold Disney accountable, they're just yeah, gonna they'll keep, just keep doing it. And because yeah. this is we talk a lot about the streaming wars or whatever on this show. I think increasingly we're going to see films released um, both online and in theaters and maybe, you know, on the same day, like they did with black widow. Some, some studios, what they do is they release it to theaters and then a couple weeks later it goes on to streaming. But like, we're increasingly seeing this. It's not going away. Um, if anything, more studios are going to have to adopt this method. And so something needs to be put in place in order to protect the the artists. You know what yeah. I mean? Otherwise, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, not and everyone this, is not everyone is as rich as Scarlett Johansson and Emma Stone. No. And in this particular situation, neither neither of them or their agents would have predicted exactly this because this was a unique situation with the pandemic. But now that we've gone through this once, when you're negotiating a contract, you you can't be naive about it. You have to be like, okay, I have to make sure it's clear that if I'm getting a cut of ticket sales, it includes your extra revenue if you're dropping it on a streaming service. And that could be worded in a way of like, if it's a premier access, you know, if someone's paying 30 bucks on top of it, they I don't think they should, anyone other than the company should get a cut of the streaming dollars. But sure, when it comes to these premier accesses, you should put that in there. Because Um, would you, um, I know Corella was premier access, but what about Black Widow? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was premier access. You can see it in the movie theater or you can pay the 30 bucks. Yeah. I I think the artist should be getting a cut of that. I agree. I I absolutely agree. And, And probably, you know, back to our point about, the whole millionaires thing. You're prob- You're right. I think you need someone with the profile of Emma Stone and Scarlett Johansson 
to be able to stand up and be like, you can't do this in order for it to get attention. So it doesn't happen to other people. For smaller so like you probably films, need, right? Yeah, you probably need the profile. They don't need the money, but I think their profile is necessary to get and change to actually happen. Who's to say, this is the other thing that you have to be careful with the media, right? These stories. Like, is Scarlett Johansson really the one asking for the lawsuit? Or is it her... Her, oh, agent, her, who, agency. her yeah. agent who gets whoever the, represents her. who's actually like wants their 10% right oh for so sure yeah the agency they don't do anything like Scarlett Johansson didn't even negotiate her contract it will be agencies who, who deal with it this is like so a, you can't whatever, even whoever she her, represents. No. you know for no, being she's not, frankly she's not involved <laughs> probably well I can blame anyone like that for being greedy because they are but it, you know I agree with what you're saying it's pro- it's not really her doing any of this it's just she's the it's her team in front of it it's her team um but again i just I, even though i agree with everything you're saying taylor there still is just a problem i know underneath like, it i'm like, like i don't uh. care like i just can't care about your millions of dollars and your millions of dollars again yes scaling wise i i i you live a certain way used to a certain thing it's the principle of matter. You don't want to be cheated out of money. You're trying to build a future for yourself, to your family, so no one ever has to worry about money. I get it. I'm not – I would do the same thing. I would take tons of money, and I would do whatever it takes to keep that money and have lots of money. I get it. But, but I'm not going to sit here paid- and- Twenty million. $20 million. $20 million. That's <laughs> like more money. That's I'm fine with that. For yeah. one movie <laughs> – that's more money than I'll ever see in my whole life. I would take one a movie. million dollars <laughs> for like anything. So yeah, I get it. I, I think we're I on think the same page 100%. Say, yes. I think you and I are on the same page, but I think we both will always go to the artists first and say, make sure artists get paid, paid yeah. what they're owed. You shouldn't break the contract. Disney is all in the same boat. They also have more than enough money. Why do they need to gouge? So it's scummy. I think, yeah, it's I think scummy. it's all. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope we can follow up on this and see what happens in the coming weeks because I would I find that very interesting. But thank you everybody for bringing that up. That's I think yeah, this is at least the second week in a row where we've had like a theme to our fan questions. Everyone's like thinking about the same things. Everyone's on the so, same wavelength, I guess. Everyone's eating yeah. the same popcorn, and it's yeah, you it's, know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, but just a reminder to people: if you want to contribute and be part of the conversation. Email us screeningandkingston at gmail.com or go to screeningandkingston.com and fill out the form. Send in your questions. We'll follow up with more of these topics as, as we know more. Cool. Let's talk pig. <laughs> uh, this, pig. This movie. Um, I Was it not what you were expecting? No, it was not. Because it wasn't what I was expecting. I saw either. it compared <laughs> to, and to be fair, this wasn't like, across the board but i saw one article that compared it to john wick so well (laughs) understandably so because frankly the trailers didn't do the movie any justice i I didn't see any of the trailers okay so the trailers made it seem like we're actiony yeah the the trailers made it seem like something happens to nicholas cage's pig and he goes after whoever he's gonna kick some butts yeah that's exactly they honestly it was john wick but instead of a dog pig yeah like that's what it was kind of played as in the trailers and kind of advertised as so i kind of understand that because i had that misconception going into it well too where yes the premise is nicholas cage plays a truffle hunter who is looking for his pig but it's a much more like character study and slow moving but in a good way yeah like, much better than a, a yeah a john wick ripoff <laughs> yes it was like a it's like a slow build slow moving 
movie, but like it's a character study and it's interesting and the cinematography is really good. And like it's it, you know what I mean by slow in a good way, like yeah. it, it builds and moves in like a very good, strong manner that like keeps you interested. But it's not John Wick in any way. It's not action oriented. <laughs> like it's, It was it's like not. it like was making me think of that Bradley Cooper food movie we watched that restaurant yeah it was like a good oh i was trying to think it was like burnt meets john wick meets mandy meets yeah meets like what's that movie about the guy um and his family who live in the forest oh Um, kind of have that simple life in the forest i think vigo morgenstern oh um, yeah with his kids you know what i mean like that's a lighter version of this but you know how like he's isolated and he kind of like lives this simple life and like you learn a lot about Nicolas Cage's character as you go throughout the movie, which kind of reminded me of that one where you learn about this family and like why they're here and kind of like their values as the movie progresses. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is a mix of all those things in very good ways. Like I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, I really liked it. Yeah. I found it to be very good. I'm always like a little bit predisposed to Nick, Nicolas Cage just because I know even if it's not going to be a good movie, it's going to be an interesting movie. But this was really um, Nicolas Cage, you know, giving a very scaled back performance, which also was a pleasant surprise. Like yeah, it wasn't definitely. Nick Cage at his most unhinged. It was a very accessible, um, dare I say, normal performance. yeah i mean i i would argue it like at least for me i i know you've you've seen a lot more nicholas cage movies than i have because i i frankly can't stand the guy sometimes um i thought this was one of the best performances i've seen him in certainly he did a good job within the past couple of years like i just thought it was like this is this is where when people say he's a good actor i think he's showing his chops in this movie yeah i saw one article saying like uh i think it was a tweet uh, so it wasn't a full article, but again, it was uh, for anyone who, you know, for people who say that Nicolas Cage is the best actor of our generation, Pig is like evidence of that. Because there really are film fans who argue that Nick Cage is one of, one of if the not best working actors right now. Yeah, see, and I, I would be one of the people who would object to that whole And then, yeah, there's the other camp who's like, <laughs> you know, when he's doing his, like, unhinged performances, people would say, like, no, that's bad acting. But his fans would say that it's, like, method. It's, like, method yeah, it's, like, yeah, beyond, it it's, like, acting as a craft. See, I, I think, to me, Nicolas Cage, to me, is just someone that it depends what the material is. Like, you could say the that director. about anyone. And the, yeah, like, really the director. The director, because I also think this movie was was not only well-directed, but it's well-written, too. Like, I, I thought it, there, you know, when the dialogue is there, it's it's very good. There's a couple really, like, solid written scenes. And his sort of subdued, quiet performance just really works in all of this like you don't need to be going crazy you don't need to be yelling and screaming to to get these lines off like the you know i don't want to spoil anything but you'll you'll know the reference taylor like the the restaurant scene and the kind of talking to someone and cutting someone down to size but doing it with your words yeah you would have thought that would have been like a classic nick cage fly off the handle Mm -hmm. big crazy eyes but But it wasn't it wasn't it was subdued it was was quiet and sometimes whispers can be more impactful than screaming and yelling. 
And I think that this was so well executed, well directed, that Nick Cage, in the hands of the right director and with the right material, can put together a brilliant performance. Like, again, I, I actually think this was a, in terms of the new movies I've seen this year, this was one of the best acting performances I've seen. And it's from Nicolas Cage. So I think that's a testament to to direction. I think it's a testament to writing. I think that's a testament to Nicolas Cage. Like, it just, it all worked. It did, and it subverted a lot of my expectations. So already, like, I went in thinking it was going to be John Wick, like, guns a-blazing. There's not a single gun in the whole movie. No. Um, and so, and, like, little things, like, there's a scene, the, the restaurant scene, Mike, that you're referencing, Mm -hmm. And it's like a very fancy restaurant. And I said, okay, this is going to be the scene where his little buddy, the guy who's like driving him around, I'm like, oh, they're going to clean him. <laughs> they're going to clean him up, right? So that he'll look. Because in, in another movie, that's what they would have done. They would have, you know, oh, he's all bloody. Like, we're going to give right. him a shower. It's going to be like, you know, this is going to be the scene where he um, becomes the man he was in the past. Mm -hmm. Nope. He stayed filthy, <laughs> like, a, you know what I mean? Like, they never yeah. cleaned him up, no. which kind of subverts your expectations of these movies. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. in a John Wick movie, right, like, that would be the scene where he yeah. put on a suit, he, um, you know, like, put a couple Band-Aids on his cuts, but yeah. it more or less looks presentable, right, to, like, yeah. he inhabits yeah. his old skin, yeah, but, and that's how that's how he, he sort of intimidates, and that's how yeah. he he moves forward with his revenge. And and you're right, it was such a it was such a I think stronger choice to just keep the character as is. And I just thought, like for a movie, this movie seemed a lot smarter than you might give it credit for because it was revealing things about um, his character. Was was his name Rob? Nick Robin. Rob. Yeah, Robin about things about his past and things about who he is and, and kind of how he got here slowly throughout the movie. And I found that that was like a good choice. I like when you do that, you, you're not jumping too forward or being like, okay, I'm now going to like adopt this persona of who I was. It's like, he's, he got to this point somehow. We're going to learn a little bit about it, but there's no quick transformation. It's just a, it's almost a simple story of a man looking for his pig and the character study was what fascinated me and kept me so interested. Like, who is this guy? And even <laughs> even like all these other like Alex Wolf, who played Amir, I thought did an excellent job as well. Like a younger actor, been in a couple of things, Jumanji, uh, one of them. And I thought he did. He also did like a very good job. Like the, I thought the acting in this movie was, was quite he, strong. He looks familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. Is he in A Handmaid's Tale? I don't know if he's in The Handmaid's Tale or not. He's in the two Jumanji movies. I haven't seen them. Um, and he's in Old, which has has not opened yet. Um, and that's uh, that's a M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he was, like, he's been in anything else. Like, he's been in, like, a handful of he things. He did a good job. Think, yeah, I thought he was very good. Um, a younger actor who I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of. Like, the, even Adam Arkin, uh, who was Darius. Like, all, all these you know, various actors, you might recognize their faces from things. I, I thought it was just so well done all around. Like, I don't think this movie is going to get the credit it deserves. And I think part of that is the weird way it's been marketed in some areas. Because it has not, like, it, the comparison to John Wick couldn't be more different, in my opinion. Like, they're not Just that it's like a, 
it's not even really a revenge movie. Like, not if really. anything, it's more of like a mystery. <laughs> like a mystery, or or a ser- like pig. you're searching for someone. Yeah, yeah, like you're searching. Like it's yeah, I would say a mystery, a drama mystery would be more how I'd categorize it than a revenge film. Yeah, and you know, heads up to people. There isn't going to be a lot of violence. Well, there is violence in the movie, not but much, like not though, really. Right? Like I really did expect it to be like um, Nick Cage on the rampage. You know what I mean? Like he's got you know every scene he's beating someone up. There's like a really interesting, cool scene with an underground fight club, uh, <laughs> but that's like it in terms of violence. Would you say, Mike? Like I don't think there's I. Yeah, aside from, like, to, again, I like, to me, violence, like, the big stuff. Like, I'd say, like, there's, like, two little moments or whatever. But I don't, like, if you're not a big fan of violence, I don't, like, it just doesn't play a big part. Of yeah, this movie will be fine um, for you. Yeah, like, I, I would, if I were to describe this movie to someone, I would say it's a character study. Like, you're, you're studying and following a character. And it's more who Nicolas Cage is, this relationship with this pig. Um, and kind of discovering a bit like him and his little buddy running around. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like that. It's almost like a buddy movie (laughs) where you learn a little bit about them as they kind of go along. And that's what makes the movie interesting. Like a reluctant buddy, buddy movie. Yeah. Like a trope where they're not friends, but they're thrown together and they become friends over the course of the movie. Because even like Amir, you like learn stuff about him and his like past with like his father and like where where kind of he's coming from and how they're connected and i just think that like it to me that's the more focal point so the violence is so if there's much there's only a little bit and it's pretty subdued it's really focused on they're on this search um even though like again there's a line in the trailer where he's like i'm searching for my pig yeah and it's like Okay, but it's not, it's not, I mean, it is, but it's not like that. Like, it's not Nicolas Cage going on a rampage. It's a very, very strong acting performance. Like, he's Robin, not Nicolas Cage in the movie. Like, it's a, to me, it's a transformation in that way. I would agree. Like, you kind of, for, you know how there's some actors where you can't get out of the mindset that it's that actor? Like, how I mentioned with Tom Hanks. Like, every time I watch a Tom Hanks movie, it's still Tom Hanks. Nicolas Cage is the can can be one of those actors but you're yes. right mike i don't know if it's the you know he had put on like he's a little bit heavier in this movie like you know it's very dirty in the movie and so like maybe that kind of like obscures him a little bit Do you, but because so, I, I was wondering because yeah he definitely put on a bit of weight but I don't know, maybe they put some stuff on his face too like it seems like he maybe had some prosthetics done he did look different his cheeks were like a lot puffier, even like I know he like he looked like he put on weight for the role, but like his his cheeks were puffier, his nose a little different, like he seemed a little bit more wrinkled. I don't know if maybe they just like accentuated the kind of older features because to me they made him look like a lot older um, than than even I don't know how old he is now, but that's that, that fifties I seemed, think fifties or sixties. Okay? He looked like he looked a uh, very gray. Like, very gray, very run yeah, down. Yeah, like that strangly um, hair. Yeah. And I think, again, that, to me, that helps. Because I agree with you. Like, Tom Hanks is that for you. Um, for me, it's it's Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise, I can enjoy a Tom Cruise movie. But he's always going to be Tom Cruise. Because I think he's a movie star, not an actor. Yeah, that cocky um, smile. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, you're always going to see it. And, like, oh, there you go. There's Tom Cruise. Like, but with There's Nicolas Top Cage Gun. The, 
yeah, Top Gun <laughs> or, or Jerry Maguire or, or any of the Mission Impossible movies. I can enjoy them, but he, it's not the same. This movie, Nicolas Cage set himself apart for me. Um, put him in more of the, this is an actor becoming a role. This was definitely a see it for me. Like I, I, um, I think it's, it's worth going to the theaters for. I yeah, one hundred percent. And um, I really am loving this trend of ninety-minute movies. The last two movies I saw, Zola and Pig, were Zola was just under ninety, and this was just over ninety, like three minutes yeah. over. Yeah, I yeah. am so. I hope this is a trend that we continue to see. The hour and a half movie, like. That to me is a very good time for a movie. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, to me, it's a tight, tight storytelling. You know what I yeah. mean? There's a time and a place for two, three, four hour movies. But I think we there was this trend for a long time where movies did not need to be as long as they were being. Yeah, two hour, two hour 20. Yeah. This type of movie, like you can tell this succinct story well and within the time limit of 90 minutes you should do it like for this movie i thought like 90 minutes or you were saying it's just a bit over i think it really worked for the for the movie like i i mean i'm sure maybe your movie going experience was like a little different because you were there longer with all the, <laughs> all the fire alarms going off but it didn't really feel even like 90 minutes like it no. felt like just it was it was over it was it started and it was over it didn't feel like too short and i didn't get enough information it didn't feel too long it was just like just the perfect length and it just worked and the movie flowed and it was there was never a moment where i was checking my watch which does happen yeah like I, I have moments where i'm like okay even if i'm sometimes enjoying the movie i'm like can we just get this done um this movie flowed really well and it worked so i yeah, it's it's a see it for me as well i, I think it's well worth seeing you're not going to see it in many locations this movie would be hard to find um anywhere else so um i think it's it's worth going to see me too it's worth checking out you know <laughs> i there yeah. isn't much more for me to say it was it was yeah. a good experience fire fire alarms included um <laughs> nick cage gives one of his more subdued well not more like he gives a subdued performance um like you said my great great directing good um good writing i did find sometimes the cinematography was a little bit too dark for my taste but that's just like a personal um i like to know what's happening on the screen oh, really? and there you, was you some, found it too i felt like, like there were moments the, you just couldn't see i felt like at the beginning of the movie when he's there in the cabin but like that yeah. might have been like an artistic choice because it's like it's a cabin and he doesn't have electricity yeah. and like whatever but um that would have been yeah. like that's like that's me being like nitpicky. Sure. You know what I mean? I guess like, that did, yeah, I guess that didn't bother me just because it felt like you're in the woods. Especially, yeah, it kind of felt real and it felt like, it, to me, it kind of set the tone of like, okay, we're in a more like real feeling movie. Right. Like that was kind of what I was going for. So I guess it didn't bother me. That didn't bother me that much. I mean, I do know what you're saying. Like it was dark. I just, I, yeah, I didn't think of it as, as, anything because i didn't think i was missing anything where i needed to see exactly what was going on like the the ambiance kind of worked in that but yeah yeah that makes sense yeah i mean it, i guess yeah if you could have to nitpick i mean there's obviously there's things in the film it's not the best movie that was ever created um i just think it was a pleasant surprise for <laughs> sure what, what i thought it was gonna be like it was it, it was like a surprise and then in a pleasant one, i was like this isn't the movie i thought it was but i'm kind of happy about that so yeah, I agree. Let's cool. see it. 
Uh, there you go. That's Pig. Two see, see it. Uh, go check it out. It's playing the screening room right now. Um, speaking of the screening room, Taylor, you had the idea of going back and looking at some of the movies because the screening room's playing a lot of movies we've already seen. Um, so you wanted to, to spend some time just talking about uh, what what's playing at the screening room and remind people what we thought of it. Yeah, so if we can dream all the way back to our last lockdown, I can't even remember when. I just kind of consider our lockdown since October, even though we were open a little bit, closed a little bit. But anyways, um, prior to the last lockdown, the screening room was actually starting to ramp up and show some of the movies that were getting Oscar buzz, if people mm-hmm. remember that. So um, we obviously, uh, unfortunately, did not wait for the screening room to reopen to watch <laughs> some of those movies because we had to do we our- couldn't. We, we, we had to do our Oscar. We had to watch our Oscar movie. <laughs> uh, we had to watch our Oscar movies. But um, now that the screening room is reopened, they're starting to screen um, some of those most anticipated movies again. Um, so this- past week and hopefully fingers crossed into next week because by the time this episode airs uh you might have missed out but we're hoping not um minari and no man's land is air is being screened right now at the screening room which were two you know highly anticipated movies i think no man land was on nicole's tiff watch list um and of course did it not win best oscar that this year Best yeah, film? one it won, um, yeah, one best uh, one best picture. Yeah. And uh, I believe Frances uh, McDormand won um, actress won the acting award, didn't didn't she? Maybe I thought so. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah. Classic uh, screening screening in Kingston. We did not pre research this, so no, we're going off do, of memory. <laughs> even though they're not remotely the same, but because they are kind of close, sometimes I do forget who won the golden globe yeah, i don't know oscar because you know, but but i i think so like i know it won some awards it needless to say these were like so. the talked about movies um mike you saw no man's land and i, I nomad nomad land nomad. nomad 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 land okay that's i want to keep saying As nomads yeah they're nomads. it makes yeah. sense nomad yeah they're yeah. do not have permanent homes so you saw that and when mm-hmm. i asked you prior to this recording i said do you remember what you got you gave it and you said i think i liked it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i listen nomad land is one of those films that i i don't think i'd ever watch again but i'm pretty sure i enjoyed the experience yeah, I, like i had a positive experience which is watching like it. Like that's like all of my Oscar typical. That's my typical Oscar viewing yeah. experience. It was there's okay. Just, it was good. There's just, some, but... there's just some movies that don't have rewatchability for me, and you know, Agreed. I I kind of also agree that like sometimes when when I know an actor is just being something that's closer to to, to who they are, like what, how much of that performance is acting versus how much is like Francis McDormand's kind of quirky, like th- that always like sticks in my head. Um, but I do remember watching the movie, enjoying it and not, I I don't think I could say anything against it in terms of what it won in terms of honoring it, especially the direction. I think the direction of this movie, because that was Chloe Zhao, uh, who did win, I believe for best director. I know, I know won the golden globe. Um, but like her direction to me is better than anything else in the movie. It's better than the performances. It's better. It's it's how to integrate the real people with actors, with that cinematography to make a story succinct, to make it feel kind of like a documentary slash movie slash like 
mockumentary, but like not in like a funny way. It really worked in all of those things. So it's the direction to me that's worth remembering. The movie itself is like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, seen it, go see it. Like I, I would give it a see it. Nomadland is a see it, but I just don't think you'll watch it more than once. And <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, 100%, maybe. Like, <laughs> there's like, for me, often dramas don't have a lot of rewatchability for me. Like I, I can, fair. I can <laughs> love, I can love seeing a drama, like experiencing it and thinking that movie is amazing and just never revisiting it. That doesn't mean the movie isn't good. I don't think rewatchability is necessarily the hallmark of like an amazing movie. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't think it has to be like, I, I know for some people it is, but I don't think it has drama to be is like because... once you watch a drama, it's like, yep. It's like... the same like knowing knowing the end of a mystery. Yeah, like, yeah. Once you know the end, it, it does kind of take away from the experience, unless maybe you're watching it with other people who don't know the mystery. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think sometimes dramas have that, and I think yeah, Nomadland, it's worth seeing, but yeah, I don't know if it's if it's something that. I would ever revisit again. If you haven't seen it yet, it's playing at the screening room. I, it's got my recommendation. Like if that matters, <laughs> I'm saying see it for sure. Mike's seal of approval. And to that yeah. <laughs> to that point, I feel the same way about Minari. I wouldn't mm. necessarily rewatch it, um, especially because it's like it's pretty intense. Like there's like some very sad. It deals with some pretty sad, heavy subject matter. I think that's the thing about drama, right? Right. You. I don't often want to re-experience sadness, if that makes sense. Like, when you watch it the first time, it's a beautiful experience, but you're like, mm, I don't need to cry again, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. Um, and Minari, like, there are some really, um, there are some really funny parts of Minari, but there's also some really heavy emotional parts. Um, it's, it, that movie has a lot of weight to it. And did and you it, end up it seeing it, Mike? I did. Yeah. I did end up seeing it. I I really liked it as well. I would put it to me slightly a, a, ahead of Nomadland, though, in terms of rewatchability. Like I would be more inclined to go see Minari again um, because I think spending time with that family is really, really what makes that movie. I don't know if I, I remember you speaking very highly. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I yeah, really, um, I, I really enjoyed it. Too. I enjoy, I really enjoyed the dynamic of the family. I thought the grandma was just fantastic. That yeah, actress did win Best Supporting Actress. I think both at the Golden Globes and the Oscar, at the Oscars. I think she, well, well deserved. Um, I think the whole cast was phenomenal. Like it felt really authentic. It really did feel like a real family. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, Minari is a see it. Um, if you haven't had a chance and if, you know, by the time you're listening to this episode, um, hopefully it's still playing at the screening room. Um, I think it's well worth a watch. I think it deserved the buzz, you know? Um, so yeah. Both are playing till at least Thursday. So right now. So that, that gives you a couple of days to listen to the podcast and, and go see Minari and Nomadland. Like it's, it's playing for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think like the kids were phenomenal in that movie. Um, all the, all the acting was phenomenal. Yeah. I, I do remember we talked a lot about um, the, the kind of helper they have on the, the yeah, he was uh, Will, great. Will Paxton. 
uh, that the actor has been around a very long time. Like even he was incredible. Is Bill <laughs> Bill Paxton? Um, oh, not Bill Paxton. That's not his name. But Bill Paxton, did you? Is he on the brain? Because he had a heart attack this past yes. week. Yes. Is that why um, he's on your? Uh, is Bill Paxton dead? No, I he didn't. He passed away from his heart attack. I, I thought, thought he pulled through. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I think we're thinking of the different because Bill Paxton, it, it did pass away in 2017. Um, the okay. the actor I'm thinking oh. of that I I unfortunately um, called Bill Paxton. His name isn't Bill Paxton. I'm looking his name up now. I don't know who had a heart attack though. Who who had a heart? The guy attack? from Better Call Saul. Oh, Bob. Um, Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah. Ah, see, we're we're getting all the Bob. Now we're getting Bob. all confused. But Bob okay. Odenkirk. This is obviously yes. completely unrelated to Minari. He. This is just a head a free headline for our listeners. Um, he unfortunately suffered a heart attack last oh, week geez, on the set he, of Better Call Saul. Oh, jeez! But you're saying he he's okay, like as of right now. As of fine. two days ago, okay. CTV Sorry. reports that he had a small heart attack. He will be back. Okay, good. Well, uh, we we hope that Bob Odenkirk is is doing well. Yeah. So unfortunately, Bill Paxton passed away in 2017. I was thinking Will Patton. That's his name. Will Patton was in Minari. He was in uh, like a like ton of movies. Character actors. Yeah, character actors been in like like everything. Like Armageddon. Um, uh, what's that? Remember the Titans? Um, he's been in a, a bunch of movies. Most people would recognize him as a character actor. Um, close in name though. Paxton Patton. There you go. That was my confusion. And then I just um, but, threw in a Bob for you. And then you th- threw in Bob Odenkirk. And yes. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my point was. He was also very good in Minari. Yeah, he was great. All three of those actors that we just mentioned are all great. Um, unfortunately, Bill Paxton's no longer with us, but uh, hopefully Bob Odenkirk pulls through. <laughs> it sounds like he will, so. Sounds like he will. Sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I Minari, great recommendation. Nomadland, for sure, same thing. And Pig, like that's three movies right there that people can go see at the screening room. And I say go check it out. Like, might as well. But see them in theaters if you can. Yeah. It's all worth it. Um, before we let everybody go, because right at the end, you know what next week is, Taylor. So we're going ahead with the Marvel recap? Well, I mean, in some capacity, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to want, you promised us I Black am going to go, yeah, I'm going to go see Black Widow. That is so for sure Taylor happening. So Taylor will, you will be back next week with your review of, of Black Widow. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to send out the, the invitations tonight to, to Matt and Andrew. And uh, we'll see if they want to talk about the other Marvel stuff as well. And uh, yeah, I think we'll do like a talk a little bit about Loki, talk a little bit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we'll spend most of the time on Black Widow uh, because fans, I know, want you to see it. I'm sure fans will write in questions for you, Taylor, about it. Um, but yeah, you, you're, we're going to get you to see Black Widow. It's going to be very interesting. If fans want me to play another Marvel game, send in the Marvel game. <laughs> send in the games send in the games we'll see what happens it'll be it'll be fun i mean we'll see but even if if matt and andrew aren't uh, able to join us or they've got things going on you and i will still have fun with it and we'll talk some marvel stuff and we'll we'll see what you think about black widow i am actually i mean i'm not going to give any away of any of my thoughts but i'm actually quite intrigued to see what you think about black widow what are the reviews um, like so intrigued. far it's been it's been mainly positive <laughs> you're really um, selling me on the <laughs> well it's tough taylor because you asked me a question that that you know it's tough 
but it's like I don't like I don't like lying. You know, I don't like lying. But it's one of those problems when it's um, uh, it's not quite a spinoff, but it's not part of the main. You know what I mean? Like it's it is a Marvel movie, but it's not like a main Marvel. Like it's not an Avenger yeah. movie. The reviews have been from that I've seen have been largely positive. I personally have some things to say okay and take that as you will <laughs> um i have thoughts on this one and we'll we'll kind of get thoughts into that. and but feelings yeah, I, thoughts and feelings yeah but in terms of of like the response and everything like and certainly box office wise it's done very well um i have some also some interesting thoughts just about um the non backlash that the that the film has had like there was a lot of there was a lot of interesting discussion when other uh female-led um superhero movies came out like um wonder woman and uh captain marvel mm -hmm. that seemed to not follow black widow which i thought was interesting either we've grown and it's no longer um a, a headline to just talk about a female-led superhero which is great that's a great step or it just shows how uh, contradictory of a society we live in <laughs> um, so we're going to get into that next week because I'm I'm very interested to get everyone's uh, opinions on that. Cool. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but thank you everybody for for tuning in this week. Uh, we we hope you join us next week as Taylor reviews a Marvel movie. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, that. That rarely happens. I think not since Black Panther have we Correct. had Taylor actually. Maybe um, <laughs> the move the movie club. I had to watch Captain America. Right, you had to watch Captain America in the movie club. So this will be Mo Marvel Movie 3 for you yes. on, on this. So uh, <laughs> we're all looking forward to that. So join us next week. Um, definitely send in any questions you have about Black Widow or any of the Marvel content. Send it in this week uh, before next Monday, and we'll put it on the show. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.